Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever wished you could clone yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, the Sydney platform might be right up your alley. With my own work, I use the Sydney platform to connect with my coaches and leaders and stay organized when I'm not there. The app is super easy to use and I love the video feature where teachers can film lessons and coaches and leaders can record video reflections. This app saves me a ton of time and is a game changer in terms of being able to truly connect to my people in between visits when I'm not there. I can even stay organized with the individualized resources section for each person I'm coaching all in one place. And I don't know about you, but I like to try something before I buy it. Because of that, I've gotten Sydney to let you try the platform for free first to see if it's actually a good fit. If you're interested, go to sydney.com front slash TWE to check it out and claim your free coaching package. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash T-W-E or click the link in the show notes. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I have a really fabulous guest on today, Jen Machen. Before we jump into it, um, I want you to share what's your journey in education? What have you accomplished around growth mindset with Mineola schools? And what do you do now? First of all, thank you for having me. Yeah, my name is Jen Machen. I am currently, I have just entered my 29th year of teaching um, or in education. I started my journey as a 23-year-old in Mineola, um, which is a suburb of uh, New York City on Long Island, New York. Um, And I've never left. I stayed in the same exact district my entire career. And so I've grown myself in this district, um, starting as a special education teacher, then a teacher leader, um, and then eventually moving into an instructional coach, um, then um, central office leadership. um, And then I had the opportunity to work on many projects, um, develop high schools and programs in pre-Ks. And um, I'm currently um, this year serving as an assistant principal at the high school in Mineola. You truly grow a growth mindset culture. It's not just a poster, you know, or beautiful bulletin board. It truly is a culture. And so I'm excited for you to share as much as you can with the listeners about what you've done to do that, because it, it, I can't say it's enough. It truly is a culture, what you do versus what what I often see in schools is not culture. It's uh, superficial. It's a yeah. thing that we say that we do, but it's not actually um, authentic. So I want to jump right in. And, um, and so I would love you to share with everyone, what is growth mindset? How do you define it? So I think the most important thing um, when you either look up the definition of growth mindset or... Um, I think that 
um, oftentimes we see hear growth mindset and say like, oh, okay, it's I can, you know, um, make mistakes. I get better when I make mistakes or I have the power of yet. Um, those are all like things that I might say if I have a growth mindset, but having a, a mind, the term mindset is synonymous with belief. And I think the word belief is um, even more powerful because it's a little bit more tangible. Tangible. Um, so a growth mindset is the actual belief that you, me, I can grow my abilities, um, my intelligence, my skills, um, or anything if I believe that I can. Mm -hmm. And if I believe that I can, then I'm going to put the effort in to do it. It might be really easy for me or it might be really hard, but I believe that I can. There's a second part to that is after that belief system that you have to acknowledge that it's my choice to do that or not. You know, I th in classrooms and schools, I see this growth mindset thing. And I think the mindset around growth mindset is if someone believes they can do it, then they will. And I love how you have choice in there. And I think part of choosing whether to improve on something or not actually has to do with academic mindsets because it's, it's, um, more dimensional. I don't know why that's a word. It feels more kind of three-dimensional uh, than growth mindset, which is a piece of academic mindset. So I'd love you to share what are the four pieces of academic mindset, someone actually choosing to improve in something. So um, I always like to like compare what I'm talking about, those academic mindsets with like Maslow's hierarchy. And so that starts with, you know, your basic needs, and then it goes up to you need a sense of belonging, and then then you can reach your full, um, your, your full potential. Well, it's the same thing. If you look at this as a hierarchy, like I need to believe obviously my basic needs, but then I have to have these belief systems about myself before I can even access the quality teaching and learning that's in my classroom. So the four academic, I have to believe that I can learn and grow. Yes. Mm -hmm. I also have to, have to have self-efficacy. Mm -hmm. I have to believe that I'm just capable, that mm -hmm. I, I can, that I can put my foot forward and do something. Um, the others are that I have to have a sense of belonging. I have to know that I belong here, that I feel safe mm -hmm. and I can be okay with not being okay or be okay with taking an, a responsible risk. And the last one is that I have to have a sense of meaning and purpose. I have to believe that what I'm doing here is meaningful or purposeful to me. Exactly. And something that you, you told me is that when teachers come to you and say, well, you know, Johnny just can't do it. You, you actually ask, well, you ask them, you know, what academic mindset are they struggling with, right? And you said it's always at least one of them, always. So part of our jobs as instructional coaches and leaders is to help shift the mindsets to say, yes, um, let's, let's, let's diagnose the academic mindsets of our kids because they're struggling with something. They're not accessing your quality teaching and learning. And, um, but there's a second piece that those academic mindsets, those things are true for everyone. So if I myself don't believe that a child can grow and learn or has like, or I don't believe I have the capacity or the ability to help that child grow and learn, 
mm-hmm. despite, you know, where, um, the obstacles, then they're never going to do it. Right. So I have to help them to say, what is it? So let's diagnose the child's academic mindset and then help them to realize that a mindset's a belief system. I think that like the magical part of this is that if we teach teachers about the, the, that a mindset is a belief and then we teach them to diagnose and we say, remember mindsets, they come into you believing they're not a math person right? Because of the experiences and the messages they've had over time. It doesn't mean that they have to stay that way because we know belief systems can change. Well, if messages and experiences create belief systems and we know belief systems can change, then guess what changes a belief system? Messages and experiences. So, hey, teacher, you have the power Mm -hmm. to change your environment so Mm -hmm. that child believes this thing about themselves. You can actually, with your messages and the experiences you provide in your environment, you can change and rewire this child's brain to access and so that they do believe they belong. They do believe they can. their ability grows with their effort. So once you diagnose that, then you can create a plan okay. to be able to create the environment in which they believe that for themselves. I love this so much. And I, I, I want to highlight something within the academic mindsets, I think something that gets lost when we solely focus on growth mindset, which is one of four academic mindsets, is a couple that I just think get totally stepped over, which is for someone to be willing to grow and change in a classroom, they have to have feel safe and like they belong, right? That, that, that goes together. It's not just a growth mindset. And, um, the other one is that they oh, meaning and purpose. One? Meaning and purpose. Thank you. That's, that's so a we. Yeah, I, that's a that's oh, a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one, right? You actually gave me language for something I've always kind of intuitively felt like this is missing something. Our our hyper focus on growth mindset is missing. Re- like I'm not going to work hard at something that's that's tough for me to achieve if I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm not going to mindlessly do that. That sounds terrible, (laughs) right? Like a horrible life to just work hard mindlessly because someone told me I could, right? That relevance and purpose. And when we are expecting someone to um, work hard um, and believe that they can when it is not relevant and purposeful for them, we at maximum can get compliance. Like maybe we could hold them accountable. A couple of things that you said that, that, that sparked some neurons <laughs> in my brain <laughs> as you were talking. Um, compliant. So as teachers, sometimes the easier thing is for compliance to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we even as teachers are like, okay, if they're complying, I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, it's so, it's such an interesting thing. So as leaders, like how, how do we get, because compliance is short term, right? I'm Mm -hmm. doing it because I'm, I'm trying to get out of something, not because I'm trying to get something. Right. So I'm trying to like remove a challenge from myself. Right. So, or, you know, it's the lesser of two evils. Um, So how do we, so if we're, if we're getting kids to comply, we're not developing their belief system into believing that they can do this and that the believing that um, and then creating environments in which they are actually going to be able to 
like access the full learning potential that is being delivered in the classroom. So how do we do that? I love this. I want you to share what the neurons do. You have this amazing way of sharing what the neurons do when, what needs to happen, sorry, what needs to happen for the neurons to to actually solidify new knowledge. Yeah. Right. So uh, based on like the um, neuroscience of learning, Carol Dweck's research, research from um, um, Michigan State University, where they put fMRI scanners on, you know, the brains of people and um, conditioned for them to make a mistake. And there's one great, sir, uh, the one great research um, that when they conditioned for the people to make mistakes, they had already um, um, put them into two groups of a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. They did surveys and knew who was in a fixed and a growth mindset. Um, and when the second that the person made the mistake, regardless if they had a fixed or a growth mindset, there was a flash in their prefrontal cortex, which was like the, they called it the oh crap moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh God, like everybody has that, like, oh God, something just happened, right? So there's a there, where you think, your prefrontal cortex, it was a flash. Um, and so, but only the people who had growth mindsets had a second flash. So that mm. second flash, what that revealed, and then the other one, the people with the growth uh, fixed mindset, the flash kind of dimmed. What learning is, is neurons connecting together. And the only way that neurons connect get together is if they, in layman's terms, flash, right? And because they have to find one another. And so when they flash, they're starting to find one another and they're going to send up chemicals to one another. And the only way they can start to connect is if they continue to flash and continue to send those uh, messages together. But the only way they can get to flash is if they're agitated. And the only way to agitate them is to do something hard or something that you haven't done before, because if you've done the things before, you're not agitating the neurons because they're just there and those pathways are wired. So when they're looking for each other, they have to flash, 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 deliberate practice, productive struggle, and keep flashing until they finally, um, until they finally connect. And then I have to do it over and over and over again to strengthen those pathways, messages, and experiences. So I had the opportunity, one of the projects that I did for an entire year, I was sent to the K- to pre-K two buildings. And my design question was, can you teach neuroscience to five-year-olds? So it was my job to come up with a language um, with the children to teach them the neuroscience of learning so that, and our hypothesis is if we could do that, then they would have a strongly wired growth mindset so then when they got, because the research says that around second or third grade is when you start to, when the, when the, everybody for the most part has a growth mindset, like I can do anything. And then when the outside environment starts like positioning you or you're in, you know, getting grades or, or, you know, you're being compared to others, you start to doubt yourself. And that's when the fixed mindset starts to come in. So we said, if we really strongly wire their neural pathways for like, I can 
do this with effort, then when they get to second and third grade and the outside world tells them they can't, they fight back and say, you're wrong, mom. I can do anything if I put my mind to it because Mm -hmm. I can grow my neurons. So our language became, so we would, you know, so the, 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 the first flash, um, would be pop. And how we got there is, hmm, this is hard. Pop, because the, hmm, the oh crap moment. Is, <laughs> and then we would put our finger on our, you know, uh, chin, say, hmm, this is hard. Pop. And then you'd say, huh, I'm curious. Another pop. And then let me work at it. Buzz. And if you keep working and keep buzzing, then you're going to keep working at it. And then finally, when you finally get it after a lot of productive struggle, zap. And then they zap together. So our language in our K2, now K4 buildings is pop, buzz, zap. I just want to challenge everyone listening to have a pop, buzz, zap. I have to do it with my hands. <laughs> um, about growth mindset, right? Like actually challenge yourself. Where do I operate under fixed mindset? Not do I? It's not a yes or no question. It's where do I, right? And then thinking through teacher evaluations or even assisting my, my coaches that don't evaluate at all and just assist teachers in improving. Do you have any thoughts that you would, you would like to to share with our, with, with the listeners, with people about really checking in with yourself? So we're going to have moments all the time where we go, ah, there's that challenge. And especially when we're coaching and we, and you know what, we might have imposter syndrome sometimes too. Like I might mm-hmm. be coaching a physics teacher Like when I was an instructional coach, I coached from pre-K all the way through 12th grade. So Mm -hmm. in the same day, I would go from a pre-K classroom to a physics classroom. And Mm -hmm. so I can't possibly know all of the content. So like sometimes you're like, hmm, like maybe you don't trust yourself enough. So my first advice when we have that is to recognize that moment when that happens and just pause and sit with it and then say to yourself, I have a choice to make right now. I can make an excuse. I can blame the teacher. I can blame the system. I can do that. Or I can just get curious and say, huh, what can I do about this? What am I going to do about this? this? So I need, I need to share with everyone. (laughs) Jen, Jen has a sign that was made for her because she says this phrase so many times. It sounds like to everyone, to children and teachers and uh, instructional leaders, right? And the sign says, what are you going to do about it? Do you know who actually made this one for me? My who? daughter's boyfriend. Because <laughs> he, he would come over and he's a football player and he would be taught and I'd be like, what are you doing about it? Like, why are you complaining? What are you doing about it? And I said, I guess I said it so much that he made that. But that's, I used to say it to my sixth graders all the time. But when you actually do that, like even as coaches, let's put that when you have that pop and mm-hmm. you say, oh, this was hard. There was the, like, this is my point of struggle. You can pause and say, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And then you're holding yourself accountable. So you can give up. You can blame. It's you a choice. You can do all of those things. You mm-hmm. can. You can choose not to do it now and do it later. All of those like are fine. You don't have to put a hundred million percent effort into every single challenge that you accept, or you that you, or even accept the challenge. But you do have to acknowledge that you can. Mm-hmm. And if yep. you did, you would get better. So mm-hmm. it's a growth mindset is simply the acknowledgement that you could if you wanted to. And if you put the effort in. I love that. 
I have chills. And that's, you know, I want to assert something about why you're so effective with this, which is you have your own growth mindset. You've done so much work on your own growth mindset that your way of being about this is, I'm just going to start something lighthearted. Um, you, you say, um, you're like, this should be fun. (laughs) (laughs) This should be fun. Right. But your way of being about it, it's not heavy and significant and shameful. It's none of that. And so I, I, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I've, I've tried to, (laughs) in my younger years, I tried to train teachers to do what I did in the classroom and it, it would fall flat because they would say the things I said, but didn't have my way of being about it. And so the thing I want to say is, if anyone listening wants to do what Jen does, you have to really make sure you are operating from your own growth mindset that you don't have shame and guilt around mistakes and messiness. And step one is to just acknowledge it when you do have that feeling. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. do have that, oh, I screwed up and then, or this was hard. And then you actually do the wrong thing or not the wrong thing, or do the thing that you've always done back away or blame or something like that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And just, and give yourself permission, give yourself permission to be like, oh, there it is again. Oh, there mm-hmm. it is again. Oh, I did it again. Oh, I did it again. Just that acknowledgement is the beginning of changing the neuropathways. We have to make it a habit of just acknowledging. Acknowledging. Be gentle with ourselves. Yep. So I love that. Thank you. That was really, really great advice around that. Just um, to notice, right? Because we don't, the last thing we want to do is beat ourselves up. We do all the time. I fix my mind's and voice comes out, mm-hmm. but I acknowledge that it's there. I sometimes choose to go with it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I know I'm choosing to go with it. I'm in a bad mood. I want to just complain for a while. I'm going to, but um, I think that, you know, one of the terms that are in SEL lately, um, which is it sounds silly, but it's really not, is having a healthy sense of optimism. And mm. I think that that is correlates with a growth mindset too, because you're not like eternally happy all the time. Things happen and like challenges happen and devastating things happen. But having a healthy sense of optimism means I am going to get through this. I might not be ready to dive in yet, but I'm going to get through this because I know I can. I love this. Jen, this has been such an enlivening conversation. I I would love you to share if folks want to find out more about what you're doing in Mineola or reach out to you, ask you questions, pick your brain, where can they find you? I can share with you my email address, mm-hmm, my Mineola mm-hmm. email address. Um, Jay, it's very coolly, Jay Machin, M-A-I-C-H-I-N at Mineola, M-I-N-E-O-L-A dot K-1-2 dot ny dot us um i can also be found on instagram at at jen j-e-n-n-m-a-i-c-h underscore mindset works um and i have an active twitter feed at jen mage j-e-n-n-m-a-i-c-h um but if you want some resources i think um I, I, I talk a lot about those videos and Papa Zap and all of those things. Um, over time, I've created an entire series of um, K all the way through 12 um, growth mindsets, um, neuroscience. So our 12th, our kindergartners, it's like the neuroscience of the brain. When we go into self-regulation, then we go into growth mindset, and then we go into an emotional intelligence. And that is, um, they're all free and all um, on um, Miniolagrows.com. 
Okay, cool. I-N-E-O-L-A-G-R-O-W-S.com. Okay, awesome. I'll I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So Uh I appreciate you verbally sharing a lot of people listen on in their car and <laughs> on their walks. So they'll, they'll remember that, but then also there's, they'll, I'll put all of these in the, as, as links in the, the show notes. So they'll be able Great. to access it. So thank you so much for hey, when being... can I come back? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> can we just talk later? Let me, I'm, gonna, I'm about to drive home right now. I'm just going to call you just to talk. <laughs> this is so great. I, I would talk to you probably for hours. This is <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you for, for being here and sharing everything with us. Thank you so much. This is um this is fantastic and that's a great way to go into the weekend for sure. Yes, I agree. Now, here at the Holt Educator, we are constantly brainstorming ways to help you learn more. So, our recent invention is we created podcast playlists and these are easy, free, downloadable playlists of specific episodes that meet different purposes. So we have one just for coaching tools and one to help improve teacher retention and another one on how to engage teachers in coaching. So we have 10 of them. We were pretty enthusiastic about this. So feel free to head to the show notes and click on the link and grab your free download of the podcast playlists. We have made them into two forms. One, is a PDF that is printable and the play button on those PDFs are also live links as well as a digital version on Google Sheets that has live links on that. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care. Take care.